Market You Online welcomes you to the Online Marketing That Makes Sense podcast. This is a weekly podcast released just in time to start off your new week. Check back Monday mornings. It will be time well spent. We'll be talking about any number of topics about starting a new online business, helping revive a tired online business, and even applying CPR on some nearly dead businesses. Sometimes the truth hurts. But we're all adults here, and if you want to build a business that works as hard for you as you do for it, then you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and kick off your shoes. A brand new episode is about to start. Thanks, my friends, for joining me. Writing emails, most everyone can do that. They show up in our inbox with relentless frequency. Some are good, and some are not. Those that we enjoy demonstrate qualities that compel us to keep reading. And before we know it, we're clicking on a link or two. Why is that? That is the subject of today's podcast. Though my intentions are good, I promise that no matter how much I share with you, there is still more to learn. With the limitations of a podcast, I will take you on a mini-journey, but it is up to you to continue honing your craft. So with that in mind, let's continue. Writing good, story-based emails is challenging because you have less space to work with than you do with, say, a blog post or a web page, but it's not impossible. Many things can be done within an email that could attract someone to you and your style of writing and then compel them to keep reading. Not just that email, but all the ones that you would send. There are many elements of crafting emails. We will limit our discussion to five crucial elements behind a good story-based email. And the more of them that you nail, the better off that you will be. So here's a quick overview. Number one. Showing up with a curiosity-driven subject line. Number two, capture attention in the first sentence. Number three, telling a story. Number four, the transitions you use to position your call to action. And number five, nailing the call to action. So let's start looking at each one in more detail. The first one. Showing up with a curiosity-driven subject line. And we've all talked about this before, email subject lines. A good subject line varies from business to business, but there's one type of subject line that works particularly well for our emails, the curiosity-driven subject line. Does your subject line, other than your welcome and the first email of your nurture sequence, Does it attract attention and compel the person to do something such as click? When your curiosity is piqued, your brain enters a state of increased motivation to learn. And it is why curiosity-driven subject lines drive more opens. They just motivate people to click to enter your email to learn more. Here's an example of one. Here's why I have driven all across Florida. Just to tell you, dot, dot, dot. It doesn't reveal 
much about the content of the email, but it teases enough to make you want to read more. Be warned, though. You need to be careful when writing curiosity-driven subject lines. Don't write something that you fail to follow up on in your email copy. You will want to keep it short and sweet, too. With approximately 46% of emails being opened on mobile devices, I suggest that you keep your subject lines to 50 characters or less. And this way, those that have a habit of scanning their email, like me, can read the entire message. Asking a question can also draw readers in, especially if you're asking a question you know is relevant to their persona, such as, are you making these SEO mistakes? Or, do you know what your website is doing wrong? Zillow once sent an email with a subject line, what can you afford? Another thing, don't use all caps or overuse exclamation points. People just don't like being yelled at. Also, don't include a question and exclamation in the same subject line, such as, want a fast solution? Act now. This can automatically end up in a spam folder. Our second item, capture attention in the first sentence. Once people open your email, the next challenge starts. You need something that will hook the reader on your story. And that means capturing their attention in the first sentence. It's always the hardest sentence to write in an email because it sets the tone for your entire story. One practice I like to follow in our emails is to give readers a peek into my life to get to know me better. In that way, I can build a relationship with our audience and increase engagement. So don't be afraid to tell your audience about yourself and who you are. It will only increase the authenticity and credibility of your emails. Also avoid giving too much away in the first sentence. You want to make sure you capture the reader's interest and convince them to read on. Then it's time to tell your story. I'm including 10 other opening sentences that you can adjust or optimize for your use. 1. Is X a priority for you right now? Number 2. Did you know? Interesting statistic. Question mark. Number 3. What do you think about event? Question mark. Number 4. What would it mean to you if your business was able to achieve benefit? Question mark. Number 5. How can I make your life easier? Number six, I don't know how you feel about X, but to me it's... Continue on. Number seven, I help companies like yours solve pain point by... Continue on. Number eight, I recently helped a company like yours increase revenue by X amount or save Y hours every month, or produce Z percent more product per quarter. Number nine, 
like you, I love X activity or am interested in Y cause or participate in Z organization. And finally, number 10, I've long been a fan of continue on. What tips buyers off that the email they're reading is a sales pitch? Here's an example. Hi, my name is John Doe, and I'm a sales rep at X company. Our third subject, telling a story. The basic format is tell a story or a sub-story, make a point, and then rinse and repeat for the entire message. Each sub-story fits into an overall story or a story arc. Storytelling in emails is different from storytelling in blog posts. For one thing, space is limited, so you need to make your story long enough to cover the essentials, but short enough to keep the reader engaged. That's not always an easy thing to do, but it's doable. Before I start writing emails, I always decide on the call to action first. That way, I can build my story around it and make sure that there is a thread running through the email that ties the story to the call to action. Once you have your CTA, it's easier to find a real-life story that relates to your topic. It doesn't have to be a big adventure like a skiing trip. It can be something completely ordinary, like babysitting your friend's dog. Whether it's a blog post about social proof or an email announcing a new product line, you can find stories from your life that are relevant to your call to action. It can take time, and it definitely requires out-of-the-box thinking. But putting your mind to work to find that perfect story is a lot of fun. When you write your emails, you also might like to open small curiosity gaps in the content. For example, and you won't believe what happened next. What happened? Peppering in curiosity gaps helps keep the reader engaged. And if a reader is engaged, they're more likely to click through to learn more. When you write your story, keep your call to action in mind. And don't go off on a tangent. Our fourth item, the transitions you use to position your call to action. As your story comes to an end, it's time to transition into your call to action. Note that this isn't where you ask people to take action. We'll get to that in the next step. The transition is all about linking your story to the call to action. We all have multiple transition tools like comparison, contrast, time, and summary and conclusion. So let's start with comparison. To compare multiple thoughts or ideas, consider using the following transitions like similarly, just like, likewise, by the same token, in a similar fashion. And here's an example of this type of transition in use. Just like, 
Facebook Instant Articles, which lets users read articles without leaving Facebook's mobile app, Google will host AMP pages on its own servers and serve up the content directly on its site. So you see, we use the words just like to compare Facebook Instant Articles with Google and their AMP pages. Another way is using contrast. To contrast multiple ideas or thoughts, consider using the following transitions. And here there are multiple ones. On the other hand, at the same time, although, even though, even so, in spite of, despite, that said, granted, regardless, admittedly, instead, but, however, Though, still, yet, while, whereas, and otherwise. Here's an example of this type of transition and use. As jobs become more specialized in today's workforce, it seems logical to hone a specific skill set, especially during school. But, only learning the skills that match the exact requirements of a job today might not prepare you for your job tomorrow. So you notice we use the word but to link two ideas together. Another transition is time. To describe something that happened or happens or will happen during a certain time frame, consider using the following transitions. Previously, Back then, nowadays, today, sometimes, once, this time, during, immediately, next, then, following, soon, while, meanwhile, and simultaneously. Here's an example of this type of transition in use. Nowadays, writing a letter can seem completely archaic. I mean, do people even send mail anymore? Or do they only communicate through email and messaging? And you can see we used nowadays to use this transition of time. And finally, and this isn't the entire list of transitions. There's multiple transitions. I only picked a few to share on this podcast. So here in our conclusion is... Summary slash conclusion. To summarize or conclude a paragraph, consider using the following transition. In a nutshell, in sum, to put it briefly, all together, after all, and ultimately. And here's an example of a type of transition in use. Traveling makes you more open to new experiences which increases your willingness to try new things in the future. It also increases your brain's capacity and attentiveness in future situations that are new and challenging. In a nutshell, traveling strengthens your desire and ability to learn new skills. And this transition we used was in a nutshell. Our fifth Item is nailing your call to action. It doesn't matter if your call to action is a button or a link, nor does it matter what action you're asking the reader to take. 
If you write a clear CTA, your readers will click through. Tell them exactly what they can expect when they click. It's a good idea to repeat your call to action at least twice. After your first CTA, we usually give the reader more information on what they can expect and why they should take action. This also helps convince readers who are on the fence about clicking through. Remember, keep it simple and tell the reader exactly what you want them to do. And in conclusion, writing story-based emails is challenging to begin with, especially if you've never done it before. But once you find your voice, writing becomes a lot more fun and your audience will love you for it. Don't be afraid to let your audience get to know you as a person or as a brand, and remember to only write emails you would want to read yourself. That's it. I'm calling it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'll see you again next week. Now hold on a second, my friends. Before you go... I just want to remind you, if you have not done so, click follow on your podcast app to not miss any new episode. This is your podcast, built and produced just for you. If you don't like what you're hearing, change it. With that said, I hope you learned something new, and if you have any questions and or suggestions, you'll find a link for that in the show notes. I'll see you next week.